So here's the situation. Imagine you have 6,000 keywords in a campaign. How on earth do you begin to split those out and create a better campaign structure? Uh, this is what we're going to be testing this week and next week here on the podcast. Uh, so today I'm joined by Clement from AdBadger. What's going on, Clement? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yes. This is another one of those case study episodes where we're really going and we're really testing things. We're talking about real accounts and real campaigns and real situations, talking about what we can do to fix things. So you might have 6,000 keywords in a campaign, dear listener, or you might have uh, 500 or you might have 100 or even problems can arise even if you just have 10 keywords in a campaign sometimes. So campaign structure has been on everybody's mind this year, 2022. Fixing things like campaign structure is a great way to boost volume, to improve CPCs, to improve ACoS, to improve total ACoS, because uh, you can fine tune your campaigns a lot, lot easier. So the thing here is, Clement, uh, help us set the stage a little bit. So you just started working on a campaign a couple of weeks ago. And what we're doing with this episode, and part one, we are recording today uh, on November 10th. Uh, and then next week on the show, we'll be recording like mid-December or so with a recap. So you, listener, will hear it right back to back. However, we're going to take a couple of weeks to actually do the work we're going to be talking about. We're actually going to do a campaign restructure measure the impact of it, hear from Clement about what he's thinking and how he's going to approach it. And then our next episode, which will be released right after this episode, uh, however, we're recording it over a couple of weeks. This is convoluted, but it'll make sense <laughs> when you listen to the next episode, because today's November 10th. We're going to set the stage. We have a new client. We have a new situation, new product to boost. We're going to talk about the product. We're going to talk about things that we're doing here to push it forward. So Clement, help us set the stage. It's November 10th. Uh, you've been getting to know the client, getting to know the industry. And as with all these episodes, we are going to anonymize everything. We're not going to mention the product. We're not going to mention the client. Uh, we're going to keep it totally private so that we can actually talk about the strategies that we're using and the data uh, that's going into all this. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords I've got my bits set placements too now bad mistakes I've made a So, Clement, 
um, help us set the stage. Okay, cool. So um, the conversation that uh, or the, the um, we, we selected that topic because that's something that we are being asked quite often uh, with AdBadger. The software users can uh, set up calls with us and have some strategy meetings. So that happens a lot. Like some people are migrating from another solution uh, to our solution. They are taking things in-house and they want to understand how to better control their PPC and control means uh, better structure. That's something that needs to happen. So that's why we wanted to really take that opportunity onboarding a new client that has a complicated structure, uh, something that really needs to be dusted out and uh, yeah, make a case study out of that. So uh, yeah, uh, the, I always like to start asking the clients to Really tell me uh, what's the what, what was the approach, uh, what was what did he try, uh, the successes and the failure to really kickstart my experiments. I don't want to you know fall back into uh, what they already did if if they failed, and uh, I want to capitalize on their successes, obviously. Yeah, uh, you know I'm curious too about the uh, and for context the. You know, this is still early in the relationship, right? So you're like, you're getting to know this person, you're getting to know this product. And as a PPC manager, like how important is it to, like how important is that history? Like, what do you do with it? Like, are there, was there anything that you learned that was actually helpful? Because, you know, we send out onboarding forms, questionnaires and whatnot to like try to probe some of that history. I do it too on my PPC coaching calls. I'm just like, so how have you managed it? What do you think? What do you think the biggest problem is? Uh, what has gone well? What hasn't gone well? Like, was there anything here that you were able to sort of learn? Or like, what did you find yeah. valuable about it? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, uh, so he was doing uh, an okay job of managing it himself. He had some other agents. He tried some other agency. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, he was not unhappy with the results. Yeah, so he tried to really outsource. Uh, the PPC because uh, he it's it's a big account okay so we are talking uh, several uh, grants per week of uh, mm -hmm. spent per product so it's uh, it has significant size and the size and the category is uh, very competitive so yeah, uh, yeah wanted uh, some help you know improving upon things um, so before that uh, it's clear that what happened is. It's been passed on so many times that the structure is just, uh, it has been patched and the intent mm -hmm. of the campaigns has been lost and there was like, it was going all over the place. Uh, we ended up with one campaign with more than 6,000 keywords inside. So several ad groups, you know, limited with a thousand keywords per ad group, which is already too many. And uh, yeah, they build up upon that. So that's uh, the biggest issue that I see with that account. And uh, that was the result of the conversation I had with him. On yeah, top of it's, that- It's wild, oh, go ahead. No, on top of that, uh, the conversation I am having with them as well is really to understand what the product is trying to solve because that goes to the second part of the analysis, the market analysis, the you know the product analysis. I need to really know what I'm gonna sell to sell it well, right? Mm -hmm. 
like what keyword is going to be relevant, what negative keyword uh, will be irrelevant, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, because, you know, you can go after so many uh, rabbits. Is that a thing you say? Yeah. Yeah. Rabbit holes. That's not <laughs> yeah, exactly. a thing in France. Uh, yeah, you know, you're chasing rabbits, not rabbit holes. Yes. You're not going down yes. the rabbit holes. <laughs> but yes. yeah, you, you, you have to focus on, uh, you know, what's, what really um, solve the... Hmm. It's almost hard to find the problem. It's almost hard to find the problem a lot in uh, PPC. Like, why are things the way that it is? And, you know, you mentioned data too. Like, let's actually talk about the problem, right? I think so much in PPC is about forward progress. Like, how do we take assume that every number in our account is wrong and assume we can make it better? So even if you have what you consider a good ACoS, there should be like this impulse to say, let's pretend it's bad. Like, how do we make this even better? How do we skip, improve volume more? How do we, you know, what's our next move? I think like never being satisfi satisfied is this is sort of inherent in PPC. So, you know, you mentioned data. Let's talk about the history of, of this product a little bit. Uh, and again, we're recording on November 10th. So like next episode, we'll have what happened. So this particular product has a total A cost. We'll start at the very, very top. Total A cost mm -hmm. of 25.4%. And it has, um, you know, an, a product A cost of 53%. Uh, and it has about 5,000 PPC orders in the time frame that we're looking at. And we'll have graphs to go along with this uh, as well. So click on the link in the description to see some of this data and follow along with this. So the product, you know, conversion rate, 15%, you know, total A cost, 25%, you know, it's not, it's not awful. It's not, it's not out of this world bad. Like, you know, 25% total A cost is, is, is pretty high. That's probably above average, but um, I'm curious, like, you know, we want to improve this. We want to make it better. So, I guess, what did you glean from like doing that history, that the history, the market analysis, the competitive analysis, um, like what did you do with regards to like market analysis or product analysis? Like if you were to sort of outline the steps, like think back and like what were those steps and like what did you get from those steps? Yeah, sure. So like, yeah, like you said, when you take that 10,000 feet view, Things are not looking too bad, but when, and, and you could be satisfied with that, but now you need to scratch the surface and see all the uh, thing that could be improved. The first thing that I started was uh, campaign naming. So we have our naming convention mm. and that makes screening a lot easier. So one good thing is that it had, it was targeting uh, one product per campaign, which makes things easier for us to really segregate that data and That's have right. our baseline. Yes, yes. First thing to do, you know, have that good naming conversion in place. Uh, so every area we can really understand what's the intent of the campaigns um, and and use the filters. It was actually great because when we started when we started talking about this, you're just like, oh, okay. Like I have a great example of something. To talk about you're like just type this asin into the search box and boom exactly. i saw mm -hmm. the campaign that you were talking about so like exactly for communication collaboration and i also think too like people th people say like well what's good 
campaign naming even matter. I'm not working with anybody else. You have to work with your future self. Like <laughs> you might think it makes sense in this moment, but like in three weeks from now, six months from now, a year from now, you want, you want easily searchable campaign names. So for sure, campaign naming, love that you did that. By the way, how did you do that? Did you do a bulk upload where there are too many for you to do it manually in the interface? What 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 path did you take to do that? Oh, oh yeah, that's a big account. So bulk upload it is like it's saving so yeah. much time. Uh, it's so it's quite easy to use actually. Like it's it's frightening, but you know, you, you, know, you have to take it one step at a time. And uh, yeah. yes, we should include a link to an episode uh, Brent and I did talking about bulk uploads, campaign naming. We talk about how to name a campaign. We talk about how to upload it in a bulk file. So that should be really helpful for people. We'll link to that. For sure, yeah. Step-by-step process. Right. So yeah, first thing, take a deep dive, understand what's the intent of each campaign after being renamed. And then market analysis, look at the competitors, look at your product, and then do a clean keyword research. And that's important to do it at the stage to preserve the naivety that we have when we onboard the client, mm. because down the road, then we're going to lose that and we will not be able to have those fresh eyes uh, removing all the experienced eyes that uh, would gain. For sure. You know, I think there's something so valuable in that in those first few weeks or first few months about working in an account. And you're absolutely right. Like you almost want to maintain those fresh eyes. Like, you know, we always say like, oh, the power of having some fresh eyes in there. So like doing keyword research as if the account is brand new, I think is really valuable. It's because you can do like gap analysis, gap analysis where like, okay, like these are keywords that we have. These are things that we're indexed for. These are keywords that we're bidding on. And then like Compare it to like, oh, I just did keyword research without, even without that knowledge of what it currently is. I did new research, uh, on new keywords and like new data now, and I'm actually have a different list. And you can see where, you know, there's new ideas for you to go after, um, which I think is huge. So like, you know, one thing I think is true for anybody having someone in your professional network to come and give your account a, a look over of just like, oh, you didn't notice this, like check that out. Cause no PPC account is perfect ever. It can always be improved. Uh, even a good thing could become great, right? So like nothing is ever perfect. Uh, and a great thing could become even more great. Like you can always push it forward. So a lot of times having a fresh set of eyes come in there is super helpful. So, you know, it, it, it's right. so valuable. You know, internally here at AppBadger, we do that. We are like, hey, I need, can someone come take a look at this account with me? Uh, I just want to set a fresh eyes, like doing these like quick campaign audits. Uh, yeah. I love it. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's also the power of like experienced eyes of just like, oh, I've been in the account so long. I know where everything is going. I know what everything is doing. So like, I think the best conversations come through like when, it, when you've been in an account for like six months, a year plus and you're talking to somebody who's like brand new who's coming into mm -hmm. like, with a fresh pair of eyes and you, you can combine your perspectives like i think when we we're talking about like the client experiences like that's the kind of thing that that we look for uh, and yeah ppc it's really hard because a lot of times 
sometimes people don't know why things are the way that it, they are that have been working in an account for a long time. So like having the different perspectives can be so valuable. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And clean we, you know, research. Yeah. And I just want to add that, you know, even though we have our own SOPs and processes, we all have our own touch, right? So having those cross auditing sessions makes mm. the experience so much richer and can really yeah. uh, outline some new strategies. So that yeah. was great sharing stuff. Yeah. Which is so true about like the, the it's like the downside of an SOP because it's like, you know, if you're everyone in your company is doing everything exactly the same, there's going to be a lot of missed opportunity. Like if you're just making everybody follow this very rigid SOP and you don't allow for some creativity, there's going to be a lot of missed opportunity because like, you know, technically like nobody has very experienced eyes and nobody has fresh eyes. You're just sort of like have SOP eyes. You're just like following a process, yeah. which could be good yeah. and bad. Uh, yeah. You, you, sword. For sure. So yeah, you're going to miss, you, you're going to follow that blindly. You're not going to look, you know, outside, think outside the box because sometimes you know, you're faced with a problem that is not including that SOP. And while we are enriching them every time we are facing a new one, then, you know, you need that, um, that extra thinking to be able to face a new challenge and overcome it. Yes. So Clement, so far up until this point, we haven't done anything to change performance, right? We had a conversation with a client. We did some market analysis, competitive analysis, learned about the product. We did some campaign renaming so we can find it easier. Uh, we did some keyword research. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, what real quick, uh, how did you do keyword research? Like what tools did you use or th things like that? Yeah, well, I'm using uh, Helium 10. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, that's uh, to do um, reverse ASIN analysis. Um, reverse ASIN, yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm also, you know, using all the search term reports uh, yeah. that Amazon provides us. Um, the search query performance is a great source of opportunity and understanding product. Uh, it's great. Uh, Mansour did a lot of work on this one. He has a great template. Yeah, I know he was, he's a friend of the show. So a great yes. episode that you did with him a while back. It's uh, super, super helpful. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, a mix of all these things while also spending some time in the product detail page because you know, the, the copy needs to be good. You, are, you have to read it thoroughly. You understand what it does. Yes. And you have a lot of keywords there as well. So, Epic. Uh, so, so far, I love, I love your approach so far because, uh, you know, Clement, you might not know, there's an American hero, Abraham Lincoln, and he's got this great quote, which is, if you, get, if you give me five hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first three sharpening the saw. And that sounds like exactly what you've done up until this point. You've organized the campaign names so they're easy to find, easy to scan, easy to work with. You've done some fresh keyword research to wrap your head around the market. You've taken a look at some competitors uh, to get a sense of everything. You've had conversations with the client to try to understand the history and what's working well and what can be improved. You've got the data here. You know, we've got a 15% total, uh, I'm sorry, a 25% total ACOS. We haven't actually done anything yet. We haven't actually like done PPC work. So the question here is, 
what did you decide to do here? Uh, like, are you changing budgets? Uh, are you, um, you know, moving keywords, pausing things, adding negatives, adding new keywords to these campaigns? Um, so we, ha- I know that you mentioned we are. I mentioned at the start of the show, there's a six thousand keyword campaign uh, where was the majority of traffic starting there. Like, what clued you in? That campaign structure is like the thing to do here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the first thing I'm doing is that I, I isolate branded keywords because you know they are lost in all that craziness of campaigns and they muddy the water. So again, if I look at a high surface level view, I see that campaign it's performing well. Why should I change that? Right? Because it's fine the way it is, but whenever you really investigate everything, you see that the branded keywords are obviously converting the best. And it's sometimes they take most of the budget, sometimes not, but they're just missing things uh, at the surface level. So we wanted to really isolate them, branded keywords, the own async targeting as well, you know, all that good stuff on all ad types and then begin the work of really peeling out what could be done. But we needed to make sure that we were not gonna nuke the account. We want to preserve sales velocity, momentum, and that's the hardest part. On top of that, we had to work with the budget limits because that would be very easy to just you know start new campaigns and then build on top of that. And uh, it's the easiest approach. And then you see what works, what doesn't work, and then you close down things to, down the road. But we have to work with that as well. So what I did is I, I'm leaving the, the keywords that are driving most of the sales in the origin campaign because the campaigns have a historical data. They are performing the way they do thanks to that. Uh, historical data and Amazon likes that. The algorithm likes that. I'm pinning out the the keywords that I s- uh, identified as being uh, good opportunities, meaning that they have high conversion, potentially lower cost than average, and I'm giving them their own budget, their own campaigns. I want to test them out. I want to see if they can flourish with uh, a lot of breathing room. And that's uh, that's the end game. And then I'm going to peel things out again and again until everything looks clean, that I'm confident that all the keywords that I'm targeting are getting enough attention and they are properly tested. Amazing. It's a marathon. Um, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say go back, hit the rewind 30 seconds, hit, that, hit the rewind 30 seconds twice to get all of that. Um, but I'm going to try to paraphrase it here. Um, so when you have a campaign with 6,000 keywords, like what would you say, what percentage of them were actually getting more than 10 clicks a month? Yeah. And the thing is that it's, it's not as easy as, uh, checking one ad group because remember there were in different ad groups. So you have to travel back and forth. Mm-hmm. So 10, 10 yeah. clicks, look, what percentage, like what less than 1%. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Like, right. You, we all know that. Like, so you they, have, I, I, they're sort. Yeah, you have, yeah. It always looks like it always looks the same because it's like top top keyword gets like seventy percent of the sales, 
and clicks. Second keyword gets like another 10. Maybe the Mm -hmm. next one gets another like 8%. And then by the time you get to like keyword number 100 in the (laughs) the campaign, now all of a sudden it's like, well, that the hundredth keyword gets maybe one click maybe. And then Mm -hmm. by the time, so like the fact that there were 6,000 in a single campaign represents, you know, whatever we want to call it. Maybe we should start calling it like, ad group algorithmic suppression where you just like for whatever reason when you have that many keywords in an ad group they just don't flourish they just don't have the room to breathe and like from a you know budget perspective it doesn't make sense to have something that gets 100 orders a month right next to in the same ad group as something that gets one order a month um so i started seeing a lot of people uh not a lot of people uh, but I've started seeing this approach where like people are segmenting campaigns based off the search volume of the keyword. And like mm-hmm. that's kind of the right idea that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you want groups of keywords behaving mostly similarly. That way, like your top of search that gets applied to the 10 keywords in it is going to be reasonable for all 10. That way, like the budget that you have for all 10 keywords is going to be reasonable for all 10 keywords, which is why I always say like, you know, like the hard and fast rule of like following an SOP, like every ad group must have less than 10 keywords. Well, actually, like you could have a keyword that gets a thousand orders a week next to a keyword that gets one order a month. And like that doesn't make sense, even though you just have 10. I've mentioned this exactly. before on the show. I'm getting deja vu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so like that's the approach. And like, you know, you don't nuke it, right? You don't pause that campaign. You grab some things and move it somewhere else. So starting with the least important keywords um, so that you maintain historical performance the best you can and that you're only focused on, you know, new opportunity as opposed to doing things with longstanding winners. When you transfer those things, like what are your what are your thoughts on like what bids do you set for those new keywords? Like how do you think about that? Yeah, so if so, budgets. I'm in that specific case. I I talk with the clients, and, and that's something I'm completely open and transparent with. So I'm reserving ten percent of that the the uh, the daily budget for that product to uh, testing out, and it needs to be significant because we want to have that minimum amount. We don't want to just gather one clicks every now and then. We really want to test things out and we don't want to be stalling, like it needs to happen. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm allocating a, a part of that budget to uh, testing things out. And um, what was the second part of your question? Uh, how you think about the, the bidding for these things oh, too. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so if I have some clicks, uh, already, I have an idea of the CPC, uh, so I can start with that, right? Average CPC, uh, and then uh, I'm uh, just entering that. I can also start with the uh, suggested bits. Often, Amazon likes to overshoot the suggested bits, and when you take things back a couple of days after the uh, after starting the new campaign, you often see that your CPC is actually lower than the bid they suggested. Right, so uh, that's, uh, but you know, it gives you a starting point if you don't have anything to work with. Other, other than otherwise, I uh, make sure that I can get at the very least 10 clicks per keywords per day with my allocated budget. And that's basic yep. math, right? Yeah, you, you want to give the 
keywords that opportunity at the very least. So if you have quick example, if you have uh, a $10 budget and a $5 bid, uh, that doesn't make sense. You're going to get max two clicks. Mm, that's, uh, you, you need to adjust that. Yeah. So the stage has been set and the game is afoot. Do you think like what is go? So you you started this campaign restructuring uh, maybe a couple of days ago or so. The question, yeah. another question that a lot of people have is like, you could theoretically restructure the six thousand keyword campaign in a day, just like mm-hmm. completely nuke it, upload it, you know, do it in a spreadsheet, and then upload your desired structure. You haven't done that. You're no. you're sort of doing it piecewise. Uh, number one, what's the advantage of that? Are you just being lazy? <laughs> On the contrary, uh, the lazy approach would be to pause everything. Uh, you know, group the campaigns in group the keywords per ten, like, and re-upload it. Like, it's, it would be mm-hmm. pretty right. easy. What would happen? Your budget would skyrocket. Your thing would be out of control. Your sales would probably go down just because you're going after all these opportunities. I imagine I I have that in my head. Like. Uh, Campaigns running, campaigns running out of budget all the time. You're missing opportunities, and it's gonna take a long. Like ranking drops, organic sales down, tacos increase mm-hmm. through the roof. I don't want that. I want the transition to happen, but I want it to. I want to control it. So Got yeah, it. yeah. So doing it slow and piecewise, it allows you to make really methodical changes for sure. Exactly. Um, so how are you feeling right now? Like, do you think you will be able to? maybe beat a tacos of 25%. Uh, do you think you'll be able to beat, uh, you know, the current level of PPC sales and, you know, or PPC orders and all those good things? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Having better control means that you can focus on what works, what you can identify what doesn't uh, optimize as, you know, uh, to the best of your abilities. I'm going to improve on things. Yeah, that's... That's why I'm here. Awesome. Yes. And, you know, part of the show, too, is like like looking at the real deal data. Like sometimes you do best practice and like maybe it takes a little longer than expected or maybe it requires a couple extra steps. And like I think next week's that well, again, we're going to record it a couple weeks from now, but it will be the next episode the person hears. Uh, I think that's going to be a really cool opportunity to like actually have that conversation about like like all of everything that we talked about at this episode like is like universally true. Like, should you have a campaign with six thousand keywords? No. Like, should you do you know market analysis and learn the history and do campaign naming and like do fresh keyword research and like do this restructuring in the way that we've talked about? The answer is yes, a thousand percent. And I think one cool thing we're doing with the podcast now is like, well, let's do all those things. And like, let's actually talk about what happened, mm-hmm. uh, like real deal data. So in the notes here, uh, we will have a link to like the sort of like quote unquote results. So like you can follow along and then next week, the next episode, we will sort of go deeper uh, and talk about like, hey, did this end up panning out? Like, what did you have to do about it? Like what first happened, what happened next? And like really touch on what it's like to actually manage a PPC campaign and like how you're reacting to the data that you're getting. I'm stoked for it. And thanks for opening up the kimono, so to speak, and sort of taking us along on this journey. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome to ride along with me. I like that. The ride along. Yes. Yes.
Um, well, Clement, thank you so much for coming on the show. We will meet again in a couple weeks. Like I mentioned, today's November 10th. We'll meet again uh, and record the part two of this. Uh, and that will be released for you, dear listener, in the next episode. So, Clement, have a good one. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, see you. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>